listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do tonight. I want to uh, let you guys know about something um, that's uh, kind of important. How many of you guys know that it, at the, uh, in August we have a big fundraiser coming up, a tri-tip dinner that we're going to be raising money uh, to be able to create some community living homes. One of, the, one of the visions that God has given to us from the day that we started here is to try to minister to people in every area of their life. That means spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And that means that when we have a place like this where we can come together and we can have church, that it ministers to people spiritually. But there's a whole lot more to the picture. There's a lot of us in this room that need counseling and we need to work through some of the things that we have in our life. And some of us need help finding a job. Some of us need a place to live. Some of us need a lot of assistance that goes far, far beyond just getting together a couple times a week in a big building like this. And so one of the strategic ways that we have found that we believe God wants us to pursue is to find homes where people can live together with spiritual, a spiritual environment, a spiritual climate, where they can have the confidence and the courage and the safety to be able to work through the things that they're going through in their life. How many of you know that if you put somebody in a situation that is unhealthy, it's a struggle for them just to survive, let alone be able to grow and deal with the stuff that they got to deal with. But when you take them out of that unhealthy, unsafe place and you place them in a place that is safe and is stable and is, and is financially able to um, do what it's supposed to do, they're in a position where they can grow and they're in a position where they begin to get healthy and they begin to, to bloom and they begin to get confidence and courage. And we really, really believe that this is what God wants us to do in the early part of 2012. And so we're starting to raise money for this because we believe that there's people in the, in the city of Lodi that, that believe in this as well. They may not attend Gravity Church, but that's okay because there's people from probably 15 different churches represented here tonight. That's one of the beautiful things about what God is doing is he's uniting us. But we really believe that God wants us to pursue this. The reason I'm telling you all this is because we're going to have a fundraiser um, to raise money uh, to, to go towards this. And we were planning to do it in the beginning of August, but through a, a couple of situations, we've decided to postpone it till the end of September. So September 30th, Friday, September 30th is going to be the new date for our fundraiser dinner. We're going to be oysters and tri-tip. And uh, we'll be giving you guys all the information on that. But I know that some of you have already purchased your tickets, so we'll be giving you guys your money back, um, or we'll be giving you a rain check towards that new date. But um, just wanted to let everybody know that tonight, because there was a lot of you already hitting us up for tickets tonight. We just want you to hold off for another week or two while we work that out. You guys got all that? Say it with me. September 30th. September 30th. That was good. Four of you. One more time. September 30th. September 30th. Okay, good. Now you can't say you didn't know. Now, if anybody wasn't listening, just tell them what you just said. September 30th. All right. Colossians chapter 1. I want to read a cool scripture to you guys. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we see, and he made the things we can't see such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Christ be existed before anything else, 
And he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning and he is supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. God made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. You were separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's amazing. When you read that scripture, it paints for us a really, really big picture. It paints for us this picture that God is a relational God. We read in scripture that there is, there is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, this community of individual parts to God that are always functioning and moving and flowing, and each one has a very distinct role to play. And at their heart is you and me being reconciled back to them, back to God, our Father. There is this, there is this picture of God in Scripture that we see throughout it of a father who wants his children back, of a father who has felt the sting of a family torn apart. And he wants more than anything to reconcile that family and to bring them back together again. As we've been going through the last several months, we've been talking about this, this huge idea that Jesus had when he came to the earth. Jesus came to the earth and the world that he came into was completely fragmented. There was people that hated people. There was all kinds of animosity. There was all kinds of racism. There was all kinds of spiritual upmanship. There was people that looked down on other people because they supposedly knew God and the other people didn't know God. There was all kinds of these things that separated this world into all of these different components. And Jesus comes into this world that is completely separated and destroyed. And he says, my heart is to bring them all back together again. My heart is that they would all be one. And Jesus lived on this world to teach a message and to share a story of a father who is absolutely crazy to find his kids and to bring his family back together again. Our father wants his family back. And so we've been looking at all of the different scriptures and all of the different stories and all of the different angles that is used all throughout the story of God to try to paint for us what it is that we actually look like and what it is that God really wants for us to look like. We've realized that one of the things that Jesus told us that we were is he says, you guys are a family. Jesus came into a world that didn't know God in an intimate way and he blew everybody's mind by saying, when you pray, call God daddy. Call him father, call him Abba. Use an intimate term when you speak to God, just as you would your daddy. Jesus modeled that we're a family, and Jesus began to break down all of these stereotypes and all of these different molds that we had in order for us to experience that intimacy with God. 
As a matter of fact, one of the last things that Jesus said, he's on this earth and he is in his final days and he's hanging on the cross. He's literally getting ready to lay down his life for us. And somebody comes up to him and says, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. They want to see you. And Jesus says, my mother and my brothers are anyone who does the will of God. Anyone who does the work of God is my mother and my brothers. In other words, Jesus says, this, this bond between us, this spiritual bond that is between us because of God is even deeper and more powerful than a blood bond. And there's people in this room tonight who feel very strongly about your earthly family, that when you see your family, when you see your blood, you know there's nothing, nothing like family. And Jesus said, This spiritual bond is even deeper than that. It's powerful. He begins to break down these molds and he begins to show us what this spiritual family is supposed to operate like. And as we've looked through scripture, we've realized as we've uncovered some of the things about our hearts that we know are there, but we don't know what to do with. We've realized is that we don't trust each other. We have a hard time looking at each other and saying, I can't let down my guard and let you know who I really am because I'm hurt because of the things that have been done to me. I still got a knife in my back from the last guy that he said I could trust him. I can't let it down and I can't trust you. And yet Jesus comes into that, into that pain and into that brokenness and he says, let me show you what this is supposed to look like. He says these words to them. He says, trust God, but trust me too. Jesus was talking to his brothers. He was talking to his followers and he was saying, I'm a man just like you are. I know you've been hurt. But you have to learn to trust one another because the family of God is all about being one and being connected. We've learned that in our family, confession is a part of our dynamic and to learn to carry each other's burdens, to learn how to love each other preemptively, for us to learn how to love first, not to wait for love and then give it in return. Scripture says that God loved us before we ever even knew what love was. He saw us in our brokenness and he loved us. And he says, this is the, this is the mark of my family, is that you love unprovoked. You preemptively love. You look for people that know that they don't deserve it. You look for opportunities where people have no reason to love you and you engage in their lives. And this is what our family looks like. It's a family where trust is developed and And confession amongst each other is normal, where that love, it it flows, that preemptive love. This is what God's heart is. As we learned a few weeks ago, another picture for us to try to understand who we are is the Scripture says that we're like a body. It says we're like a body that has all these different parts. We We have feet and hands and eyes and ears, and we have all of these different parts. And yet in our uniqueness, we form one. And he says, this is what you are. You are a body and every single part is absolutely necessary. It would be foolish for us to think that we could live without some of the parts. We need every single part, every single person, every single individual, the way that God has created us to be. We belong to each other. We share each other's loads. Whatever you're going through, I go through it too. When you hurt, we hurt. When you experience joy, we celebrate with you. This is what it means to be one. This is what it means to be a body. This is what it means to be fit perfectly together. This is God's heart. 
Last week we talked about spiritual gifts because we know that Jesus understands what it takes to keep us all together. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says these words. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Spirit that's the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. See, the body of Christ, the family of God, these pictures that we see through Scripture to try to help our limited earthly minds understand a huge unfathomable God, these pictures that God gives us helps us to be able to try to figure this out. And this picture is one where you and I instinctively go to our separate corners. When I tell you something and I sense rejection, I withdraw and I retreat. When something happens between two people where this person and this person have a conflict, then there's an issue that needs to be resolved and we separate. Because our natural instincts, because of this world, it's not to resolve things, it's not to come back together, it's to learn to live without each other. It's to learn to just say, you know what? I'm better off. I'm just better off without the pain. I'm better off without the drama. I don't need what that person has. And that's the instinct that we all have. And it's all over the place. It's in our churches. It's in our families. It's in our cities. It's everywhere. And Jesus says, I want my family back. I want them to come back together as one. I want there to be unity in my family. I want for them to understand my heart as a father. We told a story last week of a family, a local family, that was in the agriculture business. Dad was a farmer, and he worked his butt off to create a family farm and business that he could pass on to his kids. And the whole purpose behind him working so hard and so faithfully and so diligently for all the years that he did, his whole reason was because he thought in his mind, if I could just pass this on to my kids, that it'll help the family to stay together. They'll be one. They'll be connected. They'll have something bigger than themselves that'll keep them connected. And the story goes that after the father passed away and the children were in charge of the family business, Greed set in. And the very gift that their father had given to them to keep them together was now tearing them apart. That same gift that a father's heart had to give to his kids in love turned into an ugly, divisive tool that destroyed them. We talked about spiritual gifts last week and we talked about the fact that when Scripture talks about spiritual gifts, it talks about it from the standpoint of a father who loves his kids and who is generous with the gifts that he pours out. And he gives them out freely, and they're diverse, and they're unique, and he gives them out. But his heart is so that it would hold his family, the body, together. His heart is so my kids can have something that will keep them united and keep them as one. 
to keep them in a place to where they can function and become mature and help each other and love each other and minister to each other and give each other everything that they need in their life because there is a world out there that wants more than anything to separate us and to destroy us. And Jesus says, I'm all about restoration. I'm all about redemption. I'm all about bringing my family back together again. And so tonight in Ephesians, we, we read a, another passage that we've looked at. It says these words, there's one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Tonight is a night where we once again get to see the generosity of God. You and I, we're stingy. We hold out on each other. When we, when we give things away, sometimes we think, wow, I'm giving something, I'm going to lose something. But our God is a God that is so generous. It's unlimited. And he gives what we need. Tonight, for many of us, we are going to be invited into water baptism. This spiritual ritual that we go through has been going on for thousands of years. It's something that's a little foreign to the American culture, but it's something that was very common the day that Jesus walked the earth. But more than anything else, for us tonight, we have to understand that Jesus, when he walked this earth, was our living, breathing example. He said things in such a way that he meant for us to say them too. He taught things in such a way that he wanted us to catch the teaching and replicate it. He lived his life in such a way that he could pass it on and it could embody his followers and it could be passed on from generation to generation, from father to son, from mother to daughter. And this experience that we're going to have tonight has been passed on like that. See, we live in a world that shows us what it's like to be separate. But through baptism, Jesus invites us to become united and to become one. When that scripture says that there is one baptism, you have to understand that the waters that we are about to go into tonight are not just a swimming pool out in front of this church. But these are the same waters that God has been using from the very first person who said, I want to know God and I'm going to get in this water and I'm going to follow him. And as you go into that water, you're not doing it individually. You're not doing it as some isolated individualistic event or occurrence. You're doing it to join arms with millions and millions of people who have said, I belong to Jesus too. I'm a part of the same family. And the connection and the bond that we have, it's deeper than blood. It's stronger than the things that I know in this world. It holds us together. It doesn't matter what church I go to and the manners that I worship with. It doesn't matter even my own interpretation of Scripture sometimes. There is something bigger 
than just the way that I see things. And it is the family and the love of God. And it says there is one Father and one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one Spirit. When it talks about the Spirit, the Greek word in the, in the, in the translation is the word for breath. It's a word pneuma. It's the word that literally means the breath that I breathe. And it says there's one. In other words, you and I, when we surrender our hearts to Christ and we give him us, we join with millions of other people and we share the same breath. We are connected. We are one. And we breathe the same breath. And God's heart is that we would be one. And tonight, we get the opportunity to respond to God's invitation. Jesus' last prayer, he said, Father, I pray that you would make them one, just as you and I are one. That you would unite them in perfect unity, that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them. Jesus' heart is that we would be one, that we would be united, and that we would be the accurate representation of the love of God because of our unity. Not the fragmented love that we try to show each other, but the real deal. And if you're here tonight, and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and you've surrendered your heart to Him, I don't care where you go to church, I don't care what orthodox you subscribe to what I believe is that if Jesus is your Lord that you're my brother and you're my sister and that as we go into those baptism waters tonight that we go in causing our family to grow bigger and enlarging and if you're here tonight and you sense something inside of your heart stirring you to want to be known as a lover of Jesus and as a follower of God and as somebody that wants to be known as somebody that's in this family, as a part of this body, you are welcome tonight. We've got clothes if you didn't bring any. We've got extra towels if you need one. We know that there are moments when God speaks to a person's heart and they said, wow, I didn't see that one coming. If you're here tonight and you want to be baptized in water, it is not too late for you. We're going to take a short break in just a minute and we're going to allow everybody to go and change clothes and then we're going to go out front and we're going to convene out in the front and we're going to start doing this. But if you're here tonight and you'd still like to become part of this list and experience this dynamic with us and with God tonight, then just come on up here to the front when we dismiss and let me know and we'll hook you up and we'll get you ready. Can I pray with you? Jesus, tonight I thank you for your great love. God, tonight I thank you for the work that you are doing all around the city of Lodi. Lord, I thank you for every church in the Central Valley that follows after you, Jesus, that teaches your scriptures and follows your gospel. And I pray for every pastor that you would strengthen them tonight, that you would encourage them, that you would equip them and give them everything that they need. And Lord, I pray that your body, the body of Christ, would come alive in the Central Valley and would begin to share the gifts that you have given to your church, that we would begin to become one large functioning family that loves each other and shares each other's burdens and learns to live together connected no matter what church building we worship at. And God, I pray that you would unite us and that you would keep us. We love you 
And we thank you for baptism, Lord. We thank you for these holy waters that we're about to enter into. And we thank you that you meet us when we follow you in faith. So meet us here tonight. Jesus, we love you and we pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com. 